This is the Hacker Valley Studio Podcast, exploring the human element behind cybersecurity programs and technology. Look, we all know from experience, compliance sucks. But what if I told you that there is a better way? Our good friends at Bycheck developed the first ever managed service for SOC 2. Leverage the innovative Bycheck platform and a combined experience of over 30 years from the Bycheck team to complete your SOC 2 examination faster without the headache. The Bycheck team works as an extension of your team to prepare evidence, draft SOC 2 report sections, and provide all the necessary artifacts to your team to then provide to auditors. Reach out to the ByteCheck team by dropping down into the show notes and visiting ByteCheck.com. Welcome back to the Hacker Valley Studio podcast. The tables have turned this week, and we had Coral Terrio from Smashing Security interview Ron and I on the podcast to give you a sneak peek behind the scenes of HVS. So have fun, laugh a little, and enjoy the episode. All right. I'm not Ron or Chris, as you can tell, (laughs) (laughs) but they're here. I assure you, I haven't taken over their podcast. My name is Carol Terrio. And all you need to know about me is that I'm big in the podcast and tech world, and I'm a co-producer and host on Smashing Security, and I'm also a, a host and a creator of the new Sticky Pickles podcast, which is a pandemic escape for me. And I also do podcast. I do interviews for Cyberwire Network, and I love doing interviews. And last time I was on Hacker Valley Studios, I had asked Ron and Chris a question, and afterwards, one of you guys was like, no one ever asks us questions. And I was like, I'd love to ask you guys questions. So here we are. So guys, welcome to my show. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having us. Thank yeah. you so much for having us. The, the tables have turned. <laughs> so I'm doing this a little bit differently to keep it fun because 2021 and all that. I've pulled together seven questions to try and probe you guys in terms of being podcast kings. But I've also put in seven more unusual questions just to see how you guys react. So Ooh. I can't wait to get started. Are you guys ready? So excited. <laughs> okay, Ron and Chris. Okay, let's go. Number one, question number one. Let's start with Ron. Ron, are you ready to go to the bat first? I'm ready for it. <laughs> Ron, tell me, tell us how you got into podcasting. It all began on a cold, dark night in January. (laughs) No, but in all seriousness, it started with a conversation between Chris and I was we didn't even know we were podcasting. We just jumped in, the jumped on the mics. I had a studio at my home in San Jose, California. And Chris was like, hey, let's jump on the microphone and see where the conversation goes. Mm -hmm. And we had two video like we had two cameras set up. Very unflattering angles. It was embarrassing. Check out episode one if you haven't already. But (laughs) in episode one, it was really a conversation where we were talking about cybersecurity alchemy. It was just Chris and I, we we thought we were going to release it on YouTube, but it was really just a conversation. So we were like, hey, I think this is a podcast. Mm. And that's how we got into podcasting. <laughs> Chris, what about you? Were you, were you? Is that true? Or do you want to uh, correct anything that Ron said? <laughs> no, that, that's 100% true. I, I had done some content creation before, but not to this degree of success, if you want to call it that. I, at one point, I tried to be a fitness guru on 
Instagram, which failed miserably. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I hired a, a team of folks to follow me around with video cameras and document my like weight loss journey. It was cool. It was really fun. A lot of cool memories, but it didn't have the impact that I was hoping for. And so when we started having these conversations, it was just fun, right? It was just us talking to people, talking to yeah. cool people, giving us an excuse to bring somebody into the studio. And at first, all we did was in-studio interviews. We didn't do any remote stuff. We wanted to bring people in because we wanted to see them. We wanted to shake their hands and stuff like that. But eventually, we had to move to to remote. And I, I would say that's probably one of the regrets that I have is not moving to remote interviews sooner. Mm -hmm. Because now it really just opens up the aperture of who you can invite onto the show, the conversations that you can have. But yeah, yeah that's, I'm in that's Oxford right now, Oxford, UK, and we're doing exactly. This Right. Yeah, that's incredible. It's incredible. It is incredible. Okay, Qu silly question number one. <laughs> Would you rather, okay, I'm going to put this to Chris, okay? Would you rather be eight foot tall or have eight feet? Eight foot tall. Eight day. foot tall? Yeah, I, I would do that. That, that would <laughs> that would suck for clothes <laughs> and airplanes. I would never fly You'd have again. You to learn to sew. <laughs> <laughs> you would need never to learn fly how to again. Do everything. <laughs> We'd have to strap you onto the airplane on top of it. I would just work parts. out really hard, so I'm like really like strong and big looking, like a giant. I just wouldn't <laughs> want to be like tall and really thin. That would. That wouldn't be as But why great. not just have eight feet and then you could put like four of them into two large trouser legs? That sounds ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Ron. Okay. Actually, no, let's, tr let's swap this around. Let's go, Chris. You have the first serious question. Okay. And then we'll get Ron on the silly question. Mm -hmm. So what is, what do you think was the most or the most surprising lessons you learned about podcasting and the hundreds of episodes you guys have put out? I mean, while you're thinking, I can tell you, for me, it was just the sheer amount of work that is involved. That was my, so that's a boring answer, but it's true. I just thought, oh, it'll be easy, one hour editing, blah, and it's so much more than that. It does no. seem so easy. <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. it, I would agree with that. It, it is a ton of work, and there's so many levels to each aspect of podcasting, all the way from understanding your gear, understanding your settings, understanding like how to ask engaging questions. How do you pull those stories out of your guests? And and that can go deep on its own. You could spend years and years trying to hone that craft, but then you get into the editing, you get into the marketing. There's just so many little aspects of podcasting mm -hmm. that you really have to get good on if you really want to have a successful show. So I, I am obsessed with learning about all those little different avenues, like from advertising to the marketing to Mm -hmm. Asking the questions to the editing, compression, sound beds, like different things, like understanding all of those concepts. Like I had no idea. I thought you just hopped on mics and talked and then you launched it and everybody listened and gave you praise. But that's not how it happens at all. I think some people get away with that, but not everybody. Not if you want to put out a quality show. Ron, do you agree with everything Chris says? Yeah. Do you have a different view of what was most surprising for you? I, I think I 100% I agree with the amount of work. And for mm -hmm. me, the part that I didn't realize was hard work is the show notes. So I think <laughs> going back and listening to the podcast, it's easy. Like, it's fun, especially if it's a great conversation. But then doing the transcription is how do I rephrase this interesting point that we just captured in the podcast? And how do I make this almost like a blog post and interesting for the readers to lit to to check out before they listen to the podcast if they're on the fence about listening to it. 
Mm, that's really interesting. I agree. I haven't done that with one of my podcasts at all, just because of the sheer amount of work. So I completely agree. <laughs> okay. Silly question, Ron. This is for you. Okay. You're off to a desert island. Okay. What uh, luxury item do you take with you? So all your basic needs are met, but basic, right? What one luxury item do you take with you to keep you sane and happy? I would probably take my iPad. I love journaling on my iPad. Hopefully there's internet out there on this in this desert. <laughs> Otherwise you're screwed. No <laughs> <laughs> That's risky, dude. It's risky. Yeah. You, you get the iPad, but all it has on there is snake. That's all you can do. <laughs> I know. Does it come preloaded with all of my apps? I love snake. Oh. <laughs> okay, iPad. Okay, Chris, what about you? So if all my basic needs are met, I would yeah. still bring a shower, like a nice high pressure shower. Like, I think if I had that, everything would be all right. But at the end of the day, I've been in the ocean trying to catch fish, unsuccessful. <laughs> I can Did I say it was it. in the Arctic? <laughs> <laughs> excellent, excellent. Okay, Ron. So what trait do you like most in your podcast partner, Chris? and why <laughs> Chris's accountability is second to none. He's up early. He's well, he's got kids, so they're up him <laughs> up early. <laughs> and he really holds me accountable. I think we hold each other accountable. We check in daily with each other just for 5-10 minutes and he's mm -hmm. available. So I think the accountability plus availability of Chris and for anyone that's on LinkedIn that follows Chris, they see how available and accessible he is. And it's the same for our partnership. So whenever we mm -hmm. have a tough podcast, we have to edit show notes that need to be transcribed, anything. Chris is there and he's accountable and he can also hold me accountable. Cool. That's a pretty nice thing to hear. Okay, Chris, what about Ron? It's a, a cheat answer, but I, I would say the same thing because I feel like... <laughs> Come on. <laughs> no, seriously. I mean, okay, second, I mean, I, second best trait then. <laughs> all right, second best trait. He's just a nice guy. He's just a... Mm. No, <laughs> no, I would say he has this calm, understated competitiveness about him that I really appreciate. I don't know if people ever spoke to Ron, they would never think he's a competitive guy, competitive with himself, competitive with other people. Like you would never know, but I've been around Ron so much that I know when he's mm -hmm. being competitive and that helps me. I'm mm -hmm. a competitive person as well, more competitive with myself than with other people, but still competitive nonetheless. But I really like that because it pushes us to be better every single day. And that's one thing that we talk about all the time is getting better every day, even if it's like in small increments. And so just having that, that other personality that's also competitive helps me out a lot. Can I just say you guys are way nicer to each other than Graham and I on Smashing Security ever are. Oh, my God. Okay. Okay, Chris, silly question for you. We're not silly, but what's your favorite thing to do outside of work and family responsibilities? I would say my favorite thing to do is watch movies. Like, I, I really live through movies. It's funny because we had an interview with uh, Laura Garnett where she came on and she dissected our personalities and she figured out our purpose and our superpower and our core emotional <laughs> conflict. And what we found out during that episode is that I love sharing like beautiful things in the humanities, whether it's art, music, videos, mm. different things like that. That's how I, I communicate with people. Mm. And what she said is that she thinks that me sharing movies with people 
is allowing them to have have an open dialogue with me on a deep level because I I don't do small talk very well. And it's something that I've worked on over time. But really, that's how I I like to start deep dialogue is like, hey, you got to watch this movie or watch this movie with me. Like I I would love even if I just watched the movie, if I want to show someone a movie, I would love to just sit there just to feel their reaction and, and see how they react to the movie. And, and it's just as enjoyable as the first time I watch it. So I love movies that they're a huge part of my life. Okay. So you know me a little bit. By the end of this session, I want you to recommend a movie for me to watch. Okay. That tells oh, me yeah. about you. Okay. Be okay. careful okay. what you wish for. Um, <laughs> if Chris if Chris had anything negative to say about me, he would say I don't watch enough movies. Chris he doesn't. It's terrible. <laughs> Chris's language of communication about. is like, hey, let me give you this re- movie recommendation, and this will explain everything about <laughs> me and my life. <laughs> okay, I only said one. <laughs> one movie. <laughs> All right, Rod, what about you? What's your favorite thing to do outside work? Going to the gym. I'm a gym rat. You're I don't both know. gym rats, aren't you? Yes. I <laughs> love the gym. I always have, it's it's almost like my form of meditation. And it's not just like working out and lifting weights, but I also love doing yoga. I, I meditate at the gym. It's awkward. You see this guy in the corner, he's meditating at the gym. But that's also a place where I meditate. So like the gym, it's almost like a, a country club for me. But yeah. I, go to, I go to a regular gym. It's, it doesn't have all the amenities, yeah. but I treat it like it does. Yeah. No, no, I, I enjoy keeping fit as well, but I'm not a gym bunny at all. I, I, I loathe the gym and I don't know why. Maybe the gyms in the UK are different. I don't know. It's Maybe it's being a female. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Interesting. Okay. So serious question, Chris, what? do you think is the most important thing or the thing that you worry about most when you're creating an episode of Hacker Valley? Is it content? Is it ambiance? Or is it production? You're really worried about the editing or the promotion of it? And I know you could say all of them, but you're not allowed, right? Yeah. Yeah. I would say the thing that I get concerned about, especially when it comes to the big interviews, is making sure that we capture it. Because as long as I have that base to mold from, like I can fix anything. If maybe if the sound's a little off or maybe someone's a little low, I can fix that. If someone has too many ahs or ums, I can fix that. Pauses too much, I can fix that. But when the audio itself is just beyond repair, I can't fix that. Like we had an issue with Maurice Ashley, uh, Grandmaster Maurice Ashley. We brought him on the podcast. And we were under the gun because we were releasing like this entire season of Hacker Valley Red and we we're going to launch it all in one day. And so the, literally the di- we never do this, but the day before it was due to launch, yeah. we had our interview with Maurice Ashley. And the only reason we did this because he's such a big name. But when we had him on, his mic was a little hot. So uh, I was like, maybe, maybe I'll fix it in post. We tried to get him to fix, adjust his levels and all this stuff. And it just mm-hmm. wasn't working out. And when I went to go listen to it, it just sounded terrible. It was clipping, so it was really distorted, and it didn't sound good at all. I worked on it. I bought different software plugins. to try to fix yeah. plugins. <laughs> I try. I sent it to people to try to see if they could fix it. It just didn't happen. And so I, I had to bite the bullet and, and write Maurice Ashley. I was like, hey, I'm so sorry to do this, and it was all completely our fault. But would you be able to re-record this episode tomorrow morning? And so gracious and and we were so honored that he came back on and in fact the episode was 
10 times better the next day because we already had that rapport. You already knew what we were all about. And so it, it ended up working out for the best. But that is like my biggest concern is actually getting the audio for what it is. I totally hear you. And it's so hard to go back, isn't it, to ask for another interview, especially if it's been an hour long. And it's just gutting to go back. And it's so nice when guests are gracious about it. <laughs> yes. I think the thing that always gets me in those situations is when someone has, so they're wearing headphones, but their computer is set to have their own internal mic on. And they're, rec- they're basically, they're he- you're hearing a little bit of you dribble through as well, through their mic. Mm-hmm. And you go, anyway, it's a nightmare. It's a nightmare. What about you, Ron? There is a lot of people that we've had on the podcast. We've had over 100 episodes. And I would say maybe like 10% of the guests that we've had on have never been on a podcast. Mm. So really my biggest concern when it comes to those 10% is making sure that they're comfortable, making sure that they're in an environment to where they can share their story, where we're asking them great questions, and they're going to have good things to say about the podcast. Because when we have guests on, whether they're a big name or not, if we're able to turn them into a supporter, they'll help us market our podcast, they'll come back on, and we'll ultimately get new guests from our previous guests, whether it's someone that's really distinguished or someone that's brand new. My, my main goal and concern is to make sure that they feel comfortable. Yeah. And you want good content as well. If they were comfortable, but said nothing, it'd suck for you. Right? <laughs> Too comfortable. <laughs> yeah. I, I know what you mean about, about newbies, because sometimes you can get really great content out of someone, but you have to get through that barrier of them being self-aware and self-conscious. It must be the same as being in a band or the same right. as being in drama or the same as any performance. You have to get over yourself a bit in order to do it. And that only comes with time. And, you and know, be willing craft. to share too. Yeah. Like if you're not open and willing to talk and share your experience, there was a, actually a recent episode that we put out where when we did our scoping call with the guests, they had all of these stories. They were telling us the good, the bad, the ugly about some of the situations that they've been in at work and just trying to promote diversity and cybersecurity and awareness. But when they mm-hmm. came on the podcast, they weren't willing to share those stories. So it was like, oh, okay, maybe we could have done a better job at helping them open up and be in a space to where they know it's safe to share whatever they shared on the, the, the scoping call with us. Yeah. And that also comes with rapport, doesn't it? Sometimes you have a rapport, like you can admire someone in their brain and all the things they have to say. But if you don't get that jive between you, it can be really difficult, I think, right. to to show it off. Okay. But they we're getting way too serious here. Silly question. Silly question. <laughs> okay. Ron, let's start with you. So imagine you're in a salty mood. Okay. What one thing could Chris or any friend or family member do to melt your anger? I think it would have to be sing or dance. If someone sings or dances in front of me, it's very contagious to me. I love to sing and dance. Chris will probably do a pretty good job at that, considering your live stream that you had. (laughs) So if Chris were just to bust out and popping and locking out of nowhere, and I'm like, upset and angry i can't help but be laugh and and be happier when i see that oh that's awesome okay what about you chris so all ron really would have to do i think at any time (laughs) would go yes sir so that's something that has been there since i've known ron so ron and i we were working together many years ago And whenever he would walk into the room where we work, 
he would always start with that. And it would get longer and louder and longer and louder like every single day. And when we, when I came out to, to California to live when I was going to Netflix, I was staying at the house and he would still do it just par for the course. But I challenged him. I was like, hey, man, if we hop on these mics, you have to say yes, sir. Like you <laughs> have to do it. That explains it. it. That explains And I don't think we've ever explained it on, on the, on the you podcast. You heard it here first on Carl yeah, Terry's show. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's super endearing. Wow. Okay. Ron, this is for you. You ready? I'm ready. <laughs> Who does more of the work on Hacker Valley Studio podcasts? Chris is the GOAT. Chris holds the podcast. Oh, I was hoping down. to be contentious. <laughs> in, in the very beginning, I would say I did most of the work. I did the editing in the beginning. Yeah. Now, we had video in the beginning, so I was trying to do audio and video editing. But then Chris was like, hey, this editing thing is pretty interesting. Let me see how you do it. I showed yeah. him the process and then we found a new piece of software called Descript for anyone that's into transcribing software. It does it automatically. And Descript really bust the gate open for Chris. Chris was like, this piece of software is amazing. What else is out there? And he went down this rabbit hole and mm. took classes. And really, once you get that itch for audio editing or even video editing, there's a lot that you can build off of. It's almost like having a foundation in computer programming. Once you know how to program, there's a lot of things that you could do. You could start a business. You could build mm -hmm. a build an iOS app. There's, you know, the, the options are limitless at that point. It's true. When you first get into this, Chris, didn't you find like learning all the terminology? That was my big barrier for the first six to eight months was just learning all the words that and what they meant and how audio people use those words to mean a certain something. And I didn't understand what that meant. Like the mic mm -hmm. is hot. You said that earlier. Yeah. Right? right. I think you know what that means. But when it comes down to it, technically what it means is really important when you're editing, isn't it? Very important. And like when it comes to EQ, when it comes yeah. to compression, like all these things can help and like really bring out that sound that you want to hear. But if you don't understand what things are doing, you might end up with this weird wonky mess. <laughs> yep. As I did many times in the beginning, trying to salvage bad audio. And sometimes you talk, I go, I can't do this. Yeah. I just can't. So Chris, do you, obviously you do most of the work, but what do you admire about Ron's contribution? Like other than yes, sir. <laughs> what does That's all he does. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you no, know, like, you're a bigger sum that together you guys have some magic, don't you? And what is the what's the magic that Ron brings to it, do you think? So a couple things. One thing is like our chemistry, like from episode one, even though it was not all that great, we still had this flow that I, would seem like it would take a while to get there. But Ron, I think he's able to see where I'm going with questions. He, and one thing that he does really well, and I've never actually told him this, but I know when I miss something, Ron is always there to pick it up. If I miss a line, if I forget to ask something, if I forget to mention something, Ron always, almost always picks it up. And I'd never told him, I was like, I, I just, that's incredible that he's always aware of like where we are in the conversation because I can get lost in the conversation easily because I'm, I'm so focused on the, the guests trying to understand where they're going, trying to see where we could take this conversation next. But he's always, I know exactly where we are. He's the, the map holder, if you will. Yeah. So 
I would say that's one of the skills that he has. But I would also say some of the the meticulous stuff as well. Like outside of editing, like when it comes to show notes, like I would be terrible because like just to me, like writing show notes would be like mind numbing. But mm-hmm. he actually puts the time and attention into writing show notes. He also puts time and attention to creating our website, making our website as, as good as it can be. Because mm-hmm. those aren't my strong points, but he's like a, a technical wizard and, and anything technical, he's all for it. Wow. Yeah. So it sounds really uh, like the message that's coming across here is in order to make a successful show like Hacker Valley Studios, you really need to partner with people that don't echo your qualities, that you Venn diagram with, that they yeah. have qualities that you don't have and that you're not jealous of those, that you both can take advantage of that larger plate of skills. Really? Yeah, exactly. Okay, so silly question. I'm going to ask Ron this first, and you're going to see why. So who (laughs) would play you in a movie? (laughs) And I also want to know, Ron, who would play Chris in a movie without Chris barging in? (laughs) Who would you get to play Chris? Who would you get to play Chris? So over to you, Ron. Okay, so who would play me in a movie? I've been told quite a bit, and I don't know if I see the resemblance, but Dulé Hill from Psych. A lot of people have like described me as having some similar characteristics as him right. and even some similar gestures, silliness. So I will probably pick him for the cast. Okay. And for Chris, who uh-huh. would play a good Chris. I'm going to be very flattering for Chris <laughs> on if his Denzel, If it's Denzel or something. <laughs> no, so Chris loves the dance. I, I don't know uh-huh. about his singing experience, but he has a deep voice, so maybe it's pretty good. I would get Chris Brown to play Chris. <laughs> what? what a compliment. You guys are like, this is, I feel like I'm intruding here. <laughs> you get a lot better than my husband and I do. <laughs> All right. Now, Chris, your turn. Who plays you and who plays Ron? So who would play me? And you know, I'd have to go with The Rock. I think we're pretty comparable. For Ron, I would say Idris Elba. Oh, oh there we go. The only, quality, thing is, yeah. the only thing I can guarantee you is that Ron <laughs> is quite a bit shorter than Idris Elba. <laughs> Platform shoes. It works for Prince. <laughs> I know. And, and in the Fast and the Furious, The Rock and Vin Diesel were the same height. So it's, you know, no big deal. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, don't, I don't know if I'm right, but I think I once stayed at a hotel where The Rock was staying in the States somewhere. And he, is it possible that he drives like a ginormous pickup truck with wheel beds the size of two feet? Yeah. Yeah. His car was in the car park. I didn't ever see him. I wouldn't even know who I was looking at. But he had The Rock written across the truck. Oh, wow. And it was huge. And I took a picture near it because I'd never seen anything that big. And literally the top of my head, I'm like five, seven, five, eight. It came up to the door handle. That's how big it was. Uh-huh. It's a big vehicle. Okay. Now this one you guys may have to think about. Okay. So this one is, do you have a favorite episode of Hacker Valley Studios and why? So you must each have one that kind of comes to mind. Like that was either really insightful or interesting or fun. What one comes to mind and why? Man, I there know so many <laughs> good episodes. I'll go a different route. I would say the 
the episode that we had with Daniel Mead was probably the beginning of what I would say is the secret sauce for our show. If you want to get the essence of who we are, I would say episode two. But the Daniel Mead episode, as far as guests are concerned, this is where we try to take every episode to a degree. There's different routes that you could take, but we had Daniel Mead on and he came on and he was talking about like application security or web app firewalls or something like that. But in the middle of the conversation, we started talking about his humor and where does he get his humor from and how he's so authentic in his humor so quickly with people because like we were exchanging emails and I was dying laughing. Like it takes a lot for me to laugh from somebody's email. And so he just did it every time. And he started telling stories about his father and he started talking about his childhood and where it comes from. And he started talking about the hard times in his life and he started, you know, taking himself less seriously because he felt like he, there was some growth that was needed there. So I feel like those real human moments and like mm. you could tell he was getting emotional and, and during the story, I was like, wow, this is what life and content creation and the human condition can be all about. It's like sharing like your growth, your struggles, your vulnerability, your strengths, all of these things. And I would say that's probably one of my favorite episodes. Mm. Really interesting. Yeah. And a uh, little bit of oh. background there. Oh, yeah. uh, go, 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 go. Luckily for us, like like Chris was saying, we do most things remote now. But when we were still doing everything in person, Chris used to love to surprise me. So there was a few episodes where he would like not tell me what he wanted to talk about. But this Daniel Mead episode, I didn't even know who we were going to be speaking to that day. So everything <laughs> got super real. I'm, I'm getting to know a new person. And He's really opening up. He's being vulnerable with us. And it was truly humbling. Episode 40, for anyone that's interested, it was truly humbling and eye-opening to be able to be vulnerable with someone that you're just meeting and being able to share that conversation with the world. And seeing the strength of that, right? Like we often, we're often afraid of doing that because we don't want people to really see who we really are. Right. And yet what's ironic because we're all so worried about brand and it kind of <laughs> says yes to me, I know what your brand is. It's you. <laughs> like, just <laughs> let it out. Yeah. But okay. So what about you? What's your favorite episode, Ron? I'm going to have to say completely unrelated to cybersecurity and hacking and technology. It's an episode with Robin Black, and he's a commentator for mixed martial arts. I only know fight sports from friends. So me and my friends, me and Chris, will talk about the UFC and boxing and whatnot, but I've never spoken to an expert. And Robin Black is an expert. He's a professional. He's truly obsessed with what he does. So obsessed to where he's working on the auxiliary skills that help his job get better. So he mm -hmm. was talking about his vocabulary being nutrient rich, all the things that he does to up his game. And even before we jumped on and during the we jumped on the mics, he was just spouting out all of his expertise and showing his wisdom. And he was curious about cybersecurity. So he was like, hey, how does this Thing relate to cyber. Have you all ever heard of a OODA loop? This is what we use in fight. And I was like, what? This You are basically a network analyst based by the way he speaks. Like he, he could jump into cybersecurity tomorrow mm -hmm. and be an absolute expert. Wow. That's a really amazing skill, isn't it? Yeah. Gosh. Okay. Silly question. Okay. You guys can both jump in. Who would win the following contests? Okay, between the two of you. <laughs> okay. 
wrestling contest? Me. Who's that? You have to say your name. Can you say oh, your voices? Yeah. You know that your voices sound similar a little bit? Do you know that? Yeah, yeah, we've heard that. We've I, heard I, that. I know. <laughs> on Sticky Pickles, Marie and I sound similar. And it's some people have commented on it. So so when I hear it, so wrestling, who is me? Is it Ron? Chris. <laughs> Chris. Uh, okay, who wins the smiling contest? Ron. Yes. Ah. <laughs> who wins a drawing contest? Ron. Hey, who eats? Who wins an eating contest? Chris. It depends on what we're eating. <laughs> okay, well, I now that depends. I know more about you, salad. <laughs> oh, salad. Ron. <laughs> more, more carbs. None, none of you eat carbs, I bet. I'm trying to stay away. That's a, yeah. a weakness right there. <laughs> and who would win a nagging contest? Nagging? Yeah. Mm. I don't think Ron has ever nagged a day in his life, so I'd have to say me. <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't. I wouldn't consider myself a nagger, but if I if it was a nagging no contest, one does, I would. No I one would does. <laughs> None of us do. <laughs> All right. Okay. Last question. So, what's a podcast? Can you name a podcast, Ron, that you never miss, and what do you love about that podcast? A podcast that I never miss, I would have to say, is TED Radio Hour. Ah. It's, it's by NPR for anyone that hasn't listened to it. It's really how I got my start into listening into podcasts. I like TED Talks. Sometimes I feel like they're a little long. Sometimes I feel like I want to know a little more about the person that's giving the TED Talk. And TED Radio Hour is a mashup of two of the things that I'm interested in in TED Talks, distilling it down into something that's easily digested and giving me some more background about how the person got to the research that they're presenting how and what are they doing today. Like a lot of times when you see a TED Talk, you might wonder, like, what is this person doing two years later? TED Radio Hour gives you exactly that. Yeah, yeah, good. Okay, I know that podcast quite well. I don't listen to it regularly, but I certainly dip in and out of it a lot. What about you, Chris? I would say I miss it just because of the sheer volume of it, but I would say the Joe Rogan experience. I, I started listening to Joe many years ago, and I, I think he's really one of the great interviewers of our time, to be honest with you. If People might be, oh, whatever, he's a, a meathead. No, he's actually extremely intelligent. Like he he feigns like being a, a dumb, but he's actually super intelligent. And if you really dissect the way he interviews people, I think you'd pick up a lot of gems when it comes to interviewing people. But I love the people that he brings on. I love the the variety of people that he brings on. I think he's great. Yeah, he he's rather interesting because I don't think he does any idiot any editing of his show at all no none and that's a really interesting approach very to, bold um, yeah because if you're a guest on that show you've got to have your wits about you i've heard a show with him uh, he was i think it was on one of his shows and it was an early show but he had people into his in his apartment at the time and they were all drinking and his guests got <laughs> absolutely hammered and it was played and I felt for them i think it was sam harris actually it wasn't sam harris that got drunk there was someone who was w there with him Anyway, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> all, all types of debauchery on that podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if you go on there, you've got to be, yeah, you've got to keep your wits about you. Exactly. Now, you've already answered the question of my next, my next question, Chris. My next, my silly question was, who is your favorite interviewer? But you've just said who uh, that was. <laughs> Ron, <laughs> have you got a favorite interviewer that you'd want to recommend? The, my favorite interviewer? 
interviews. Yeah, because in doing interviews, I'm just trying to wrap this up in a way, is difficult in this kind of setting, right? Like it was, you guys have done incredibly well. I think I've hoped I've chosen interesting <laughs> questions. <laughs> but I wanted to get, I think that the point of, of an interview is to get an idea of where, how did someone get to where they are and what makes them who they are? And just from this chat, you get the idea that Ron is very laid back, but very meticulous, and that Chris is very tenacious and keeps his eye on all the things and wants to be an expert. He's a bit like, I think you're a bit like me, Chris, where you, you get obsessed about stuff. When you want to know something, you want to know something, and you're going to yeah. dive in and do it. And together, mm -hmm. you guys make an amazing show. And you have to interview people all the time. So who's an interviewer, Chris, that, Ron, that you have listened to that you feel inspires you to meet new guests on the air? This is a throwback, but the first person I've ever been in awe with when it comes to interviewing is Oprah. Oprah yeah. is such a natural. She's such a communicator, but she's always comfortable in conversation whether mm -hmm. the conversation is very serious, someone lost a family member or something fun like presenting a new product or service. She always just does a great job, which would explain why she's worth so much money. But I think that she's just a natural born and I aspire to be that comfortable when speaking, whether it's on the form of a conference or just on the podcast. That's a really interesting answer. And it's making, it made me think of another question. So what, how do you define success, both of you? So Ron, why don't you start? How would you define success for Hacker Valley Studios? Success for Hacker Valley Studio for me would have to be enjoying it. So I think Chris and I are extremely successful right now because we enjoy the process. We enjoy the production. Chris loves editing. I love working on some of the auxiliary things like the website and linking us up with services. So we worked with assistants, we worked with designers, we worked with marketers. I love being able to access all of these services and just try them out. And we've even worked with a vocal coach. That was really fun. So I think mm -hmm. as long as we're having fun, that's the mm -hmm. best success for us because hosting a podcast isn't that expensive. It's not, you know, as if we're doing everything ourselves and we can keep the costs really low. And that's what mm -hmm. we've, that's what we've been doing. We've been just loving the process and doing everything on our own. Mm -hmm. Chris, anything to add to that? Yeah, I would say the only thing I would add is also probably the impact on the listener. I would say the most gratifying is when we get these messages from people that say, oh, I, I went into cybersecurity because of you, or I, I got to promotion because of you, I got a raise, or they felt like they got out of cybersecurity because of us and they started their own company. So these little things that we feel like we're a part of people's lives, we've been a part of people launching their companies, just being a part of other people's journeys, I think is incredible. And for people to even highlight us in that way, I think is, is super successful for us. <laughs> okay, so we're at our final question. This is for you, Chris. What movie do you recommend I watch? And I'm going to add a special <laughs> question. It's who would play me, according to you, oh, you movie buff? Yeah. So I would say, I'm going to mention a movie that I would say, I would hope that you haven't seen already and uh, you could watch it, but uh, Love and Monsters, have you seen it? No. Yeah, check it out. Really good. Okay. You can get it on Amazon. It's a, a, a newer release. There's a little bit of me. There's a little bit of me in there. But really? Um, yeah, but a movie that I feel like is just me like through and through. <laughs> and uh -huh. It's going to sound crazy and it might not be for the reasons that you would would believe, but you've probably seen it is The Matrix. That's my favorite oh. movie of all time. There's a lot of me in that one too. So you're connected. 
Yeah. <laughs> okay, who would play me? I was going to. I, I have twin brothers. There's no way I could live and be offended. <laughs> and, and and I would say that this is a compliment because I absolutely love her. She's probably one of my favorite people <laughs> of all I'm time. I'm bracing myself. <laughs> okay. But uh, Kristen Wiig. Oh, I don't insult that. That's good nice. Yeah. She, yeah. she is funny. She's articulate. She, she's incredible. Hey, there you go. There you go. Guys, this has been really fun. Have you had fun? We've had, had a great time. time. This yeah. is awesome. Thank you oh, so much I'm for so, doing this. I'm so glad. And I'm so glad you guys got to reveal a bit of yourselves for your listeners. And I was glad <laughs> I was the one to help. So thank you. Yeah. And, you know, obviously we want to go ahead and let you replug your podcast. Where, where can people get access to your wonderful voice? So they can hear me on Smashing Security, where we talk about the latest security snafus and technology snafus that have happened during the week. And you can also find me on Sticky Pickles, which is a silly podcast, which tries to find a a lighter view on our world's sticky dilemmas that we each face. Perfect. Thank you so much for coming on and bringing some aspects of Chris and I to light for the listeners. We always get some comments that say, hey, you guys don't speak enough. It's always about the guests, which it should be. But it's, it's nice that we have an episode that's a little bit about us. I was very honored to take part. If you found value in this content, it would mean the world to us if you shared it on social media, sent it to a friend, or talked about it over coffee. Thank you.